This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play Doctor Online. Uh, last week, toward the end of the show, I asked for a favor of all my listeners. I asked that each of you send me an email. Uh, send that email to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. I asked for it at the end of the show. And I asked that when you send that email, in the subject, right. Uh, fun socks, fun socks. That's I've become about the. Uh, I, I'm all about the fun socks now. I used to wear just plain black socks, and now I wear socks that are fun patterns. Something I do now. Don't know why. It just seemed like something to do. Uh, anyway, so put fun socks in there, and then just write a message, say hi, ask a question, whatever. Uh, please refrain from sending dick pics unless you absolutely insist on sending them. I don't know why I'd want any. Anyway, um, so I'm still going to ask for that to happen. I got a few, but I'd like to get a few more. So I'll ask again this show and maybe next show, and then I'll just kind of give it a rest. And again, I promise, I'm not trying to set up some sort of uh, mailing list, email mailing list kind of thing. Uh, each of you who have sent in an email, I give you 10 points. You each get 10 points. Huh? See? I mean, there's something for your effort. A little. Well, I got an email uh, uh, um, just this past week from a listener, a fellow named Brian. Brian lives in Scotland. Now, I've talked about uh, Brian in the past uh, when I um, got an email from him completely out of the blue. He sent me an email just saying, uh, found your show. I think he was listening to Z Talk." and ZTalk is filled with all that paranormal promoting stuff. And then on comes the resident skeptic, that's me, and he said, boy, through your show, there was no you know, misuses of the word energy or frequency or vibrations, words to that effect. He said it was so refreshing. And then he enjoyed what I talked about, apparently, and started listening to more. Well, he sent me an email in which he asks me a question. Now, before I get to his question, I'm going to give you a little history about um, about comic books, about a certain aspect of comic books. I've blogged about this in the past for the Nostalgia Zone official uh, blog, which is called uh, Warehouse Find. And it's been very sporadic this year uh, for a while. With the pandemic, I, I don't know, something seems to, I've lost some time or, I don't know, gumption, where I'm just not putting out a weekly uh, 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 
uh, blog. It just seems like I'm so much busier. I think I don't know. It's I don't know what excuse to give you. I just haven't been doing as many. Maybe I've run out of ideas. I don't know. Well, anyway, a while back I did a, a blog about this particular sort of comic book. Uh, the comic book publisher is called Power Records, which is actually uh, a subset of uh, a bigger uh, um, record publishing company, which is called Peter Pan Records. Now, Power Records, what they did, in about, starting in 1974, and I think it went through about 1979, they would release a comic book and a record. So you would get a 45 single, 45 RPM single on vinyl in with a comic book. And the comic book was, you know, regulation comic book size. And it was a comic book. You, you know, had the art and all the words and all that stuff. And, you know, you just had everything that a comic book has. But with the record, you could put it on a turntable and play it. And there would be a dramatization of that comic book. They, they, you know, professional voice actors, and they did sound effects and some music. It was all well produced, and you could read along with it, and it'd give you a little bing when it was time to turn the page. All right, so when these things first came out, they were—I mean, we were just blown away. We kids that were collecting comic books, we just these are cool. These are way cool. So, um. The uh, Power Records had uh, licensing with both uh, Marvel Comics and DC Comics because there would be Marvel characters such as, uh, 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 I, I'm blanking now, Fan <laughs> no, Fantastic Four, Captain America, uh, the Hulk, and Spider-Man. They would have those characters. Uh, and But they would also have DC, char comic uh, DC comic characters, which would be uh, uh, Superman, uh, Wonder Woman, and Batman. But uh, then they would also have uh, uh, these comics and, and record sets that would be uh, based on television shows, namely Space 1999. Oh, sorry for the sniffle. Allergy season. Space 1999 and uh, Star Trek. They would have several Star Trek uh, 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 comics. And... Um, and not only would they have the TV shows, they would have some movies, but they were specifically uh, the movies for the Planet of the Apes series. Uh, for, you know, in the original Planet of the Apes series. So there'd be Planet of the Apes, uh, uh, Beneath the Planet of the Apes, Escape from the Planet of the Apes, and Battle for the Planet of the Apes. For some reason, they didn't put out Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. And I think that's because of those five movies, Conquest was the only one that was rated PG. All the other ones were rated G. That's right, G, general audience. Uh, the first Planet of the Apes movie with Charlton Heston, where you get to see Charlton Heston's naked butt, is rated G. I guess, you know, they wanted his butt for a uh, general audience. So, anyway, um, and they would have uh, a series of monster uh, comics that would be Dracula and Frankenstein's monster and the werewolf. Now, those three particular titles uh, would have been pulled from Marvel Comics because Marvel Comic Books had uh, a series for each of those. There was the Tomb of Dracula, the, the Frankenstein's Monster, and uh, uh, Werewolf by Night. And what Power Records would do 
is they would have some of their some of their comic books would actually be written and 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 drawn for you know specifically to be released with the record. Um, there's some Star Trek episodes like that, uh, comics like that. And uh, excuse me, I got a cough. <coughs> mm. These allergies are killing me. They really are. <coughs> oh, sorry about coughing. I don't have a cough button. What am I going to do? And I'm sorry about the sniffles. Please forgive me. I'm human. <laughs> and this is live and I can't do any edits. What are you going to do? Well, I mean, it's live to laptop. Uh, what you're hearing is recorded. You're not listening to me actually talking. That's the moment I'm talking. You know how that works? Anyway. Uh, so there was, you know, like this, there was a Star Trek one uh, that was illustrated. A lot of these were illustrated, uh, uh, the ones specifically for Power Records, were illustrated by the great comic book artist, Neil Adams. He's not, he may not be, you know, artist subjective. He may not be everybody's cup of tea, but I think he was, he was fantastic. I loved his work. When he was really firing on all cylinders, holy crap, was his stuff good. And um, uh, he had, uh, he, he's, he, he really was an innovator in, in the comic book art. He had a lot of influence on it uh, in the 60s and into the 70s. He had a lot of influence on, on how comic books would look. And he, along with uh, writer Denny O'Neill, revamped uh, Batman in the late 60s into the 70s. Because, you know, Batman had gotten a little too comic bookish. And they brought him back to his darker, uh, more intense roots. So, uh, <clears throat> uh, let's see. Um, so he would illustrate these things. Then be the straight up, the full book would be illustrated by uh, Neil Adams. But some of the other ones that they that uh, Power Records did was they would they would pull from existing comic books. So, for instance, the 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 Curse of the Werewolf was a uh, record that they put out. That one was pulled from actually two different comic books, uh, two different series. One series was called Werewolf by Night, which was a series that I really like, I, and I own the complete series. I'm just saying. And then they took another series that was uh, uh, Marvel's comic series, uh, Tomb of Dracula. And there was a crossover back in 1973 or something like that. The, the two series had a crossover story where it started the first part started in the werewolf by night series and the second part the conclusion of the story was in the tomb of dracula series and it's different artists so the look is different and you look at the at the at this book but what uh, power records did was they took the two the two comic books and they edited them together to get one story to get one fleshed out story uh through it and they might have had uh, I think a, a third Werewolf by Night, or another third, uh, a second third Werewolf by Night book that they pulled some stuff from. So they they just kind of cobbled it together to make a story. And much of the same narrative uh, dialogue and dialogue was used. But whenever they would rewrite some some narrative and some dialogue, you could tell it was done because the quality of the lettering went way down. You could tell they didn't put a lot of time into it. So, um, it's, it's cool. I will I will link to the blog that I wrote, and I and I'll I'll see about linking. I'll check and make sure the the link the live uh, the uh, the the links in the blog are still live. But I'll also put it in the show notes. Go to dimland.com, click on the show notes option, 
and you'll get to the show notes. And I, I'll, I'll put a link to you know the, the Curse of the Werewolf story, so you can check it out. So I, you'll understand what I mean. Okay, so uh, as I said, they were they were uh, Power Records was part of uh, Peter Pan Records, and Peter Pan Records were more specifically put together for younger kids. And they would have stories on the on the records like you know Peter and the Wolf, uh, Peter, uh, uh, whatever other kind of kids stories, Jack and the Beanstalk and stuff like that, where there would be a story being told and actors would be playing, you know, voice actors would be doing the parts and there'd be music and sound effects and all that. Okay, at some point in my life, I mean, I have a few of the Power Records uh, uh, record and comics. I have a few of those, and but. When I was starting out this show, this Dimland radio show, when I was starting it out 11 years ago, more, uh, I was trying to figure out what would be a good way to start the show. And I had uh, something that uh, I, I uh, thought this would be great to use this during the beginning of the show. And this brings me back to Brian's email. Brian says, uh, he wrote to me and he says, uh, I've been racking my brain to place your It's Dark clip on the podcast. I thought it might be from the movie Reanimator. Am I correct? Well, no, it's not from Reanimator. And you may have an idea of where it's from, from just judging by what I was just talking about. Now, if you're curious as to what I mean, what, what, uh, what Brian is pointing out, this is what he's pointing out. Let's play it again. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Okay. So where did that come from? Where did that little bit of audio originate? Well, it doesn't come from any of the Power Records. It comes from Peter Pan Records. Now, Peter Pan Records also did a, uh, a comic and record set. They did a, they did a few of them. Uh, and they were a little different than the Power Records ones because Power Records were they were set up to look like an actual comic book. You know, it was the size uh, dimensions of a comic book. But the ones that Peter Pan Records would, did now they were still forty-five singles, and the and they still had a comic book with it. But it was shaped to conform to what would be a sleeve for for the forty-five single vinyl record thing. So it'd be a little more square. Now, I don't know where I spotted these. A garage sale, comic book store, I don't know where. But I got three of them. And they were part of uh, Peter Pan Records' G.I. Joe series. They had a series of, of comic books and records that, you know, would be following Joe on his various adventures. You know, his, you know his, the action stories of, of his. Not war stories, but he would be more of a, a spy kind of a guy. <laughs> No, excuse me, sorry. Um, uh, for instance, some of the titles, uh, or the three that I have, the titles are uh, The Search for the Stolen Idol, uh, The Secret Mission to Spy Island. That's an island that's populated only by spies, so you should be careful there because they're all you know, checking you out. And The Secret of the Mummy's Tomb. And it was that one, the secret of the mummy's tomb, that I encountered uh, the sounder. Let's play it again. 
It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. That was where I found it. I found it in G.I. Joe, The Secret of the Mummy's Tomb. That's the answer to Brian's question. It did not come from the movie Reanimator. That's where it came from. I guess it was kind of a, a kismet sort of thing. It just worked out. I had I, I bought those round about the time that I started doing the show or was getting ready to do the show. And I remembered that little quote in there, and I thought that would be perfect to use as an opening bit. Because, well, Dimland Radio is the one skeptical show, mainly. There's Big Picture Science, which follows my show on Saturday nights. If you're still, if you're, in, you know, suffering from insomnia or something, and my show ends... And and you don't and you can't quite go to bed yet. Just keep listening to Z Talk because there'll be a couple episodes, uh, two episodes of uh, Big Picture Science that will follow. And each month they do an episode dedicated to skepticism, which they call it their skeptic check. But otherwise, it's a very good science program. You get some good information. It's not too complex over the layman's head kind of stuff. But it's Big Picture Science is pretty good. Oh, sorry. So, but Dimland Radio was the one specific Z Talk radio show that was you know that had a strong element of skepticism to it when all the other shows and I'm not sure how it is right now but with all but but they're they're still kind of the same things I guess the all the other shows would all be about you know ghosts and ghost hunting and psychic stuff and energies and vibrations and frequencies and alternative medicine and UFOs and all the stuff all the stuff that my show is not about. I mean, it's about it, I guess, in a uh, skeptical way, but you know, I'm not promoting this kind of stuff. So um, now before I leave this topic, I wanted to play, this is something from Power Records, uh, their record and comic book set that uh, features the Hulk. And the title of the story is uh, uh, The Hulk at Bay. And he battles uh, the rhino and the abomination. He's got two bad guys. So he's got a battle in that story. And uh, uh, there's a there's a line that's dropped by a character in that in that comic book that has stayed with me. I bought that thing back in 1974, 75, whenever it was. I bought it. I still have it. Uh, that that record, that comic and record set. And there was this line that was said by I think Colonel Armbruster. One of the characters that was uh, part of the uh, Hulkbuster base that's after the Hulk, trying to capture the Hulk and stop his menace in the world, whatever. Um, and there's this little bit that, uh, this line in the story that I've never forgotten, and I kind of do an impression of, and I've done it for years. Uh, I'll do my impression. If that means what I think it means, we're in trouble. Big trouble, right? That's, I, I'll say that every now and then, even to this day. And this is the actual line. I'm going to play this little recording I have of it. Uh, so here it is. This is one of my favorite lines from the Power Records series. If that means what I think it means, we're in trouble. Big trouble. I hope that came across. Well, I have to uh, go to a break because i got to blow my nose. <laughs> sorry, I've been sniffling and snorfling and coughing in this segment. I'm sorry. The allergies have been bugging me. This, this, I'm waiting for the hard frost to come and kill off all the stuff that uh, bothers my nose so that we can get into winter, which is coming. Anyway, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Uh, <clears throat> I'm Jim, your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. I'll return after this break.
channel. <laughs> You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. I am living on Channel Z. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Z Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Don't just take my word for it, but you are listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. And welcome back to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm writing down that song that was just playing. It's called Born Under Punches. It's by the great band Talking Heads. Talking Heads. There. Got that written down so I can uh, uh, do up my show notes and know what songs I put into the, as the bumpers. <clears throat> well, hopefully I got a lot of the mucus and phlegm out of my nose. And uh, I can carry on without uh, too many uh, sniffs and snorfles and coughs and grunts and all the things I've been doing. <laughs> I apologize, but man, when it hits you, it hits you. Okay, where was I going to get to? Oh, have you heard of this fellow named Brian Shapiro? No, Ben. Ben Shapiro. Not Brian. Ben Shapiro. Have you heard of this young man? He's, he's 37 years old. He looks about uh, 20 years younger than that. Uh, and and it's and I I don't mean that to denigrate him. It's just he's he's one of these people that has a very youthful face. He's very boyish in his look, which may explain at least in part uh, what I'm going to talk about about him uh, uh, in the next few minutes. Uh, he's 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 a he's a very conservative fellow, very right wing. Uh, he's been a, a syndicated columnist since he was 17. And and so he's you know and he, and he, and and if you ever see him, I've seen him on like Fox News or clips of Fox News. Not that I'm watching Fox News, but sometimes I see the clips when it's being commented on by somebody very left. You know, yeah, that's how it goes. Uh, or uh, he's been on Joe Rogan apparently, and uh, on the podcast for Joe, with Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan, Dimland Radio, Science Zero, two time Science Zero, Joe Rogan. Oh, boy, I tell you, well, I'll be fine. I'm healthy. You're healthy. 
You're healthy. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Don't care about anybody else. That's what this whole thing is about with COVID. We don't care about anybody else. I'll be fine. I got through it. I'm okay. What does it matter who I got sick? I don't know. I don't know if I got anybody sick. I don't care. I don't care if I got somebody's grandmother sick and she died. I don't care if I got somebody who was immunocompromised and they died. I don't care. I was okay. I got through it. I'm fine. You're young. You're healthy. You're fine. You'll get through it. Why should you care? You shouldn't care about anybody else. That's the whole thing. It's all about you. It's about me. 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 <clears throat> that's not what he sounds like, but that's what he says. And that's not, a, he doesn't say that verbatim, but that's that's the whole philosophy. I'll be fine. You're fine. I was fine. I had COVID. I'm fine. Well, what about the people you got gave it to? Are they all fine? Well, I don't know who I gave it to. I don't care. I'm fine. My kids are fine. We're fine. <clears throat> anyway, so Ben Shapiro is one of these guys that would show up on Joe Rogan's show. And the one observation I have of him, and this is only based on his public persona. I have no idea what he's like in private. He may be a cut-up in private. He may be a jokester. You know, I did find some pictures of him online smiling. He, he does, he does, he can smile. He's capable of it. And I think I've seen him chuckle. But he is possibly the most humorless person I've ever seen. He's, he's Sam the Eagle from you know The Muppet Show. He's just dead on serious all the time. There's just, I, I, I cannot picture him ever in his life, ever having a laughing jag, a, a good old belly laugh, even when he was a child. I just, I have a hard time picturing it, of him doing it. He probably has. I don't know. I'm just judge. I'm just basing this on the persona that he projects when he's, you know, in public, when he's doing his thing, because he's super serious, super, super serious. And I think that maybe, I'm not a psychologist, what do I know? But I think it may be, at least in part, influenced by the fact that he always looks so young. And he's going to look, continue to look really young, even when he's in his 50s and his 60s and older. He's going to look really young. So, you know, people say, well, go away, kid, you bother me. So he's got to act real serious. That could be it. I don't know. But my goodness. I mean, this is the impression that I get from him from the, from the, from the personality that he projects when he's in public, when he's speaking publicly, when he writes, whenever I've seen. The guy has no humor. Now, Joe Rogan, I'll be fine. You're fine. You're healthy. You're young. You're healthy. Why should you get vaccinated? You're going to be fine. What do you care? I'm fine. I'm all right. I'm healthy. Why should I care? <clears throat> anyway, Joe Rogan, he, I can see, having a laughing jag. He's not super serious. I can I can see that in him. His public persona, his the, the, the image he projects, I can see that. I can see that this guy would, would crack up and laugh and, and all that. There are other people like you know like George Will. He's a conservative, and he doesn't really strike me as somebody that that does a lot of laughing. Uh, but you know, it's Ben Shapiro, super serious. Now, why do I bring him up? I bring him up because because uh, <clears throat> I want to come to his defense in a little bit. Now, he he tweeted out on Columbus Day. Yes, we just had this Columbus Day, which is uh, turning into Indigenous Peoples Day, which I'm perfectly fine with. Uh, here's my thoughts on Christopher Columbus. As as is the case in you know always, it's more nuanced 
than people want to believe. He's not a hero. He is significant. He is a significant person in the history of the world. His significance is, you can't deny it. Now, that doesn't mean he wasn't horrible. But he was a man of his time. He was in a culture that, or come from a culture that believed themselves, you know, that we're the dominant good, great culture of the world at the time. We are superior to everybody else. And so, of course, we can exploit these people. We can enslave them. We can subjugate them. We can do whatever we want when we go to these places because we're superior. He came from that way of thinking. So he was, he was no more horrible than the next man in those days. He was no more horrible. He was, he was no less horrible. He was no more horrible. He was horrible. But he wasn't the most evil human to ever exist. And that seems to me, to, in, at times, is what he's being, uh, being revised to be. Uh, he's, he's, he's not. He was, a, he, was a, he was a flawed human being, like we all are. But he was more so flawed because of his, his, the time, the context of his time, his culture, and the way they thought of themselves. And of course we can go over there and take what we want and do what we want because we're better than them. That's, you know, of course. So the idea of Indigenous Peoples Day, it's, I'm fine with that. And taking Columbus down a peg, not making him a hero. Not necessarily, again, not necessarily making him the greatest villain the world's ever seen. Uh, you know, that would, you know, I, it, that, I, I think that's a little overkill. He should be contextualized. He should be humanized to, to understand what, it, he, what, what he was. But he was significant in world history because, you know, even though he wasn't, he didn't, you know, the idea that he discovered America, right? Well, there were already people living here. We are, we, we are already here, pal. You discovered us. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, it's just language is terrible and it's hard to, it's limited in telling us what we're, we're saying exactly what we mean. <clears throat> but what he did was, you know, people will say, well, you know, the Vikings were here like 500 years before Columbus was. So, uh, you know, I mean, why is Columbus getting all the credit? Because the Vikings got to North America long before he did. And I said, yeah, yeah. And they stayed, they, they made it to the east coast of Canada they stayed for a couple of years, and and then they they went back, <laughs> and and they had no real impact on world history. So Columbus, as flawed as he might have been, had an impact on world history. The dominant culture realized, hey, there's lands over there that we didn't realize it was there, and the people that were living on the lands here said, oh, hey, there's lands over somewhere else, which we had no idea there was land over there, and people living over there, we had no idea. It, it opened up the world to every to each other. So that's why he's significant. He didn't prove the world was round because educated people did not believe the, the earth was flat. He was trying to find a quicker way to get to India to exploit those people. That's what he was trying to do. So, so humanize him. Anyway, he wasn't. He was horrible. He just, you know, he wasn't that much more horrible than the next guy at in his time. Okay. Well, Ben Shapiro would probably disagree with me, and probably. 
present great arguments, or at least great sounding rhetorical arguments with me, but I'm still right. Anyway, <laughs> he, he tweeted that um, his daughter had come into, you know, had woke him up, uh, woke, in, uh, woke him up on, uh, on, on that Monday morning, Columbus Day, Indigenous Peoples Day. She woke him up and she was excited. You know, today is it's Columbus Day. Apparently she was excited about that. Why? Why was she excited about that? I don't know. <laughs> Why would a little kid be excited about Columbus Day? I was never excited about Columbus Day. Were you excited about Columbus Day? I mean, there were no no trick or treating going on on Columbus Day. There was no there was no presents going to show up under a tree on Columbus Day. There was no basket filled with candy showing up on Columbus Day. What kid is excited about Columbus Day unless he has parents or she has parents that are saying you should be excited about Columbus Day? This is the influence of parents. Because really, I mean, what kid gives a gives a damn about Columbus Day? And the Shapiros aren't even Italian. Maybe his wife is Italian. I don't know. So he tweets out about her being excited about it being Columbus Day, and then he says in his tweet that she, his daughter then went to my, as he puts it, my wife's bedroom to tell you know her mommy that it's Columbus Day kind of thing. And that's the little phrase that, that raised eyebrows uh, among people on the left. They just, the eyebrows went up. My wife's bedroom? What? They don't even have the same bedroom? They don't sleep in the same bedroom? What? And then I saw little comments about it, little jokes made about it. And it's like, oh, who heard of that? Who's heard of that? Well, I've heard of that. You see, boys and girls, I know of two people. I know of a married couple who have had separate bedrooms for 40 years. And prior to that, this married couple, for at least 10 years, probably more, slept apart from each other, <laughs> you know, in, in different rooms. It's just that one had the bedroom and the other one didn't. You know, the other one had the couch. Who are these two people that I knew, that I know, that uh, it, this is the story I'm, uh, you know, that I'm telling you about? It's my mom and dad. My parents. You see, the reason why, long ago, when my parents got married, 1957 they got married, my mom discovered that my dad snores. And at least I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming they, she discovered it after they were married. You know, you know, she was, come on, they weren't doing that before they got married, were they? Were they? Hmm? Were they? Hmm? Were they? Anyway, <laughs> I'm assuming... You know, she found out after they were married that, oh, he snores. And my mom's kind of a light sleeper, and so she, she, she couldn't sleep with the guy who's snoring. So what did she do? She went and slept on the couch. And that's what happened. For years, she'd sleep on the couch. We had a house uh, back when I was born, and up until the first you know, half of 1973, we lived in this house. There were three bedrooms upstairs. At one end, uh, uh, farthest from the stairs, uh, was a little bedroom that my sister had, my sister Nancy. Then the next bedroom along, closer to the stairs, was uh, the bedroom that my younger brother Steve and my older brother Bob and I all shared. The three of us were in that room. And then the closest to the stairs bedroom was my mom and dad's bedroom. But dad slept there. And downstairs, where there were no bedrooms, 
on the couch in the living room is where my mom slept. Now, the reason why that was worked out that way, not because of some male chauvinism thing, because of the patriarchy, because the man gets his way, not because of that, because my mom was a night owl. She'd stay up later than Dad. Dad would get up at like 5 in the morning to go to work. 5, 5.30, he'd get up. So, And she'd stay up till after midnight, watch her shows. Uh, she'd read a book. And, and she'd just go to sleep on the couch. And when Dad got up way early in the morning, she'd get up and go in and get in bed. And she'd sleep there until she got up for her day. And this is how they did it. And it was that way, living in that house until 1973... When mom and dad bought a new house and they moved over, and it's the house they're still living in today, they moved there, uh, they brought the kids along because, well, they kind of had to, and and that's how it's set up there. It's a, their, their house now is a rambler, so it's all one floor, but, well, there's a finished basement, but, um, so there was, you know, there's, a, there's three bedrooms. Steve and I got one bedroom. Nancy got the other bedroom. My dad, you know, Got you know it was mom and dad's bedroom, but dad slept there. Mom slept down on the couch, and down in the basement there were a couple of rooms that could be turned into bedrooms. One of them was turned into a bedroom for my older brother. And eventually, I took the other room downstairs as I got a little older, and you know says, "Can I have my own room now?" And you know so I took the other room downstairs. But mom slept on the couch, and again, dad get up at five five thirty. She'd get up and she'd go into uh, hit the, into the bedroom and she'd sleep there until she got up and dad would go off to work and he, you know, he, so he would go to bed at like nine or 10 o'clock and she'd be up until midnight, one o'clock, you know, so that's why it worked out that way. Then when my sister went to college in the late summer or early fall, late summer of, uh, of 1981, her room became mom's bedroom. Mom finally had her own room. That was her bedroom. And it's been that way since. So, yeah, the separate bedrooms, it's not that big a deal. I don't know what the personal life of Ben Shapiro and his wife, you know, what that life is. I don't know what, you know, maybe they have separate bedrooms, but down in the basement or sub-basement, they have a little dungeon where they do all their sex stuff. You know, they're a married couple. They can do whatever they want with each other because God will approve. Well, you're married to each other. You can you can do anything you want. So they have a little thing with all their sex toys and torture machines and, and apparatus and strap-ons and, and whatever because between two consenting adults, I don't care what they do. But it's, it's, I just saw that as being, you know, so what? So she has her, she has her own bedroom. So what? So my parents. What are, you, what are you suggesting my parents are freaks? I don't know. I guess it's just anything. Anything to get the guy. Anything to get a little dig on him. Just dig him on his ideas. And let's just let's move on. All right. So they sleep separately. What are you going to do? Well, I'm going to take another break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. I'm going to take another break. I'll see you after this one. Hey, this is Danny Potts from the Kentucky Ghost Chasers, and you're listening to Z-Talk Radio. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio's Red-Headed Stepchild. It's Dr. Dim on Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. 
The Earth is only 6,000 years old. That's what Answers in Genesis and the Creation Museum say, and how can a museum be wrong? Isn't Dr. Oz just wonderful? I loved today's episode. It didn't talk down to his adoring audience of women at all. Science has proved that the subatomic quantum realm is as real as it is counterintuitive and bizarre. Therefore, I can use it to support quantum healing and quantum consciousness. After all, how can journals like Aquarius Metaphysics be wrong? Evolution is just a theory. After all, if we came from monkeys, then why are there still monkeys? We all have friends and family who believe these things and much more. Well, if you're a rational thinker who is tired of arguing on social media and never getting anywhere, we have a solution for you. Join the Guerrilla Skepticism and Wikipedia team and we will teach you how to add reliable scientific and skeptical information to the world's number one source of information, Wikipedia. We write new articles and improve existing ones. We remove pseudoscience, paranormal, and alt-med claims substituting the actual facts. And we operate in many languages. We've already reached tens of millions of people searching for information, but as you can imagine, we can never do enough. So please join us. All you need is a PC, and the desire to help educate the planet. In fact, you'll be educating the world while you sleep. Contact us at gsowteam at gmail.com. Guerrilla Skepticism. The, the time, time is, is now. now. Music by purpleplanet.com. But we give those other guys the finger. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here at the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Uh, now, here's a little, uh, just a little story about my mom and dad <coughs> related to the uh, the bedroom situation. Uh, when we were kids, uh, living in the house that my parents still live in, uh, dad's bedroom, or mom and dad's bedroom, but dad's bedroom, uh, was across the hall from my younger brother, Steve, and I, uh, from our bedroom. And uh, it, could, it was that my younger brother and me. <laughs> younger, Anyway, our bedroom was across the hall from my dad's. Now, my dad has always slept with his door open, except there were the occasional, this is back when they were younger people, there were the occasional, you know, like the 1970s, way back then, uh, there were the occasional mornings, Sunday mornings usually, when, um, you know, the night before, Mom and Dad went to a party. Uh, and, aunt, you know, aunts and uncles and friends got together. They had a party. And, you know, we, you know, my older brother and sister were old enough to, you know, keep an eye on, on, on me and Steve. And, uh, you know, get us to bed and do all the, you know, they were responsible enough. And the parents would get home late and maybe a little tipsy. And in those mornings, Steve and I would look out the bedroom door and we would see that Dad's bedroom door is closed. Yeah. It's not usually closed. 
except after those nights where they get uh, go out for a party and hmm and mom's not out on the couch hmm mom's in the bedroom with dad hmm <laughs> well that did happen and and if it was a sunday morning uh steve and i would get a little excited about that because uh it would mean that uh uh the possibility of not having to go to church that day was there because we'd go to church every sunday we were church you know my family was church goers we'd sit in the front row front pew take in all the nonsense and uh anyway so that's that's what we did and you know every sunday except every now and then mom and dad just probably were a little uh a little worn out from the from the alcohol and possible activities that took place in the evening uh, overnight when while the rest of us were sleeping maybe i hate to think about it i don't want to think about it they got four kids four times so i don't want to think about it <laughs> i've told that to my parents I, you got four kids you did it four times i don't want to think about it <laughs> well you know we were young yes mom yes i don't want to know well, you don't know, Mom. Shut up. <laughs> I'm sure Hayden feels the same way. We got one kid, one time. <clears throat> anyway, yeah, those that that's that that would happen. That's the uh, <clears throat> yeah. That was kind of the nice thing about Mom sleeping on the couch. We get that signal on that Sunday morning, on the occasional Sunday mornings, that well, we might have to go to church today because Mom and Dad are uh, they're hungover. What? We're not going to have another sibling, are we? No, that never happened. Anyway, um, <clears throat> have you heard of Dennis Prager? Now, I've mentioned Dennis Prager on the show before, and I've mentioned him in a sort of positive light. I mean, he's a very conservative fellow, talk radio guy, right wing. Uh, I've mentioned him in, uh, positively by saying that one of the things that I like about what he says, now whether he does what he says... I don't know, but it seems like he does, is that he doesn't necessarily want to try to change somebody's mind who disagrees with him. doesn't necessarily want to try to do that. I mean, he'll present his side of the thing, the argument, the debate, whatever. He wants to understand someone that disagrees with him. He wants to understand why they have that viewpoint, why they think the way they do. That's what he wants to do. And I, I find that admirable. It's better, you know, and maybe through understanding he might, uh, you know, be able to change that person's mind. I think he's thinking, or, you know, I'm thinking maybe that person will be able to change your mind, Dennis. And Dennis, you know, he's a fairly high-profile, uh, conservative, uh, talk radio type. He has this whole thing called PragerU, which is a YouTube channel series. It's not an actual university. It's these five-minute clips of, uh, of uh, world history and economics and... And, and and you know social commentary all from a right wing conservative perspective and although i i found myself agreeing with the historian from uh from Notre Dame University some some priest talking about how the decision to drop the atomic bombs on Japan to end world war 2 in the the end of war in the pacific in world war during world war 2 was the best of two horrible decisions, you know, horrible choices that President Truman ha had facing him. He said, you know, I could drop these horrible, terrible, terrible bombs on them, kill hundreds of thousands of people, 
or tens of thousands. <clears throat> and, or I can, you know, we can invade the man, mainline of Japan and possibly lose up to a million lives, both, uh, you know, our, our soldiers, their soldiers, and their civilians. I mean, it, you know, it was a horrible choice to have. And I, and some people maintain that it wasn't done, the bombs weren't dropped, as a way of showing the Soviet Union that, hey, we have these weapons, and you better watch it. I think there was a little bit of that there. I think that, I think they, maybe they, they, they would say that that's not what we're doing, that's not why we're doing this, but I think... You know, they were hoping that the the Soviets would take would notice and say, "Oh, they have these terrible weapons. We should uh, maybe not uh, get too aggressive." I think maybe that was at least a uh, a benefit, if you will, of what they were doing. <clears throat> well, anyway, so Dennis Prager has this whole, and I kind of agree with what that guy put up there. Anyway, so he has this whole university thing he's uh he's fairly high profile right-wing guy he and adam carolla a podcast i used to listen to a podcast i used to listen to adam carolla who i still think is kind of funny and all that stuff but he's he's, he's i i don't know but i get the impression just from some little snippets and things i'm hearing he's not big on masks and he's probably not big on the vaccine you know and dennis prager he's not big on the vaccine in fact this is why i bring it up Dennis Prager has announced that he has COVID. Surprise, surprise. Uh, he's been he's been having you know since uh, since the vaccine has come out, uh, uh, you know we've been able to uh, whether wisely or not uh, open up a little bit, and we're having con you know there's concerts and and theaters uh, and movie theaters open. There's a, events with meet and greets and all that. Well, he would be doing that. He'd be doing the meet and greets for his. When he would tour around, and he'd hug people and all that, so he's like he got the COVID from them somehow. Because you know what? He's not vaccinated. Oh, really? Because of freedom, he's not vaccinated because of freedom. But you know what he did? You know what he was doing? He was he was taking the hydroxychloroquine. He was taking that as a as a prophylactic, as a as a preventative of getting the COVID. Really worked well, well, didn't it, there, Dennis? Worked for you, didn't it? And he was taking the hydroxychloroquine because of you know, because of President Trump. Because Trump said, oh, that's the stuff we should be using. So he said, okay, I'll use that stuff. I don't know why he won't use the vaccine, because it's Trump's vaccine. Come on, let's give him credit for it. It's his vaccine. Let's go. Let's, let's give it, you know, it's Trump's vaccine. Take it. Use it. I don't care if we call it Trump's vaccine, if it gets these dumbasses to take the vaccine. I don't care. So he gets the COVID, and then you know, and among the other things that he's been filling himself up with uh, is, is the ivermectin. Because why not? <laughs> it doesn't work for COVID. Neither does hydroxychloroquine. But why not take it? That's just because the fake news tells you it doesn't work. No, no, science tells it it doesn't work. Wow, science doesn't know everything. Really? Yeah. Well, it knows a hell of a lot more than you do. Anyway, so <laughs> so he's got COVID. Now, I hope he doesn't die. Uh, I, I do. I hope he doesn't die. But I wonder, if he dies, what kind of uh, impact that will have. Because there have been other conservative radio uh, personalities that have all been anti-vax, all downplayed 
the, 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 the pandemic. And they've all said, you know, all been against the vaccine. Uh, let's see. People such as uh, Bob Einyart. Uh, Bob Einyart. I'm not sure how to say his name. Einyart. Um, Mike Bernier. Uh, let's see. Then there, or Mark Bernier. Uh, Phil Valentine, Jimmy DeYoung. Jimmy DeYoung is a uh, radio preacher kind of guy, so I don't know if you call him a talk radio host or whatever, but he's still right wing. Um, and Dick Farrell, these five guys were all anti-vax, all you know, downplaying the, the pandemic, all you know, the COVID's overblown, COVID-blown. All five of them got COVID, and all five of them died. I, I don't take joy in that, because who did they infect? That's the thing. You know, Dennis Prager does the meet and greets where he's hugging people. Now, that is probably where he got the COVID. Maybe where he got the COVID. But, hey, maybe that's where you spread it. Who did you give it to? I'm fine. I'm healthy. I exercise. I take vitamins. I'm fine. I'm healthy. I'll be okay. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I don't care who I give it to. I'll be fine. <sighs> and then he says... When he announces that he's got the COVID. That he's happy that he got the COVID because he wants the natural immunity. That's what he was open for. I want to get that natural immunity. I don't want to get the immunity that you get from getting a vaccine. I want to get that natural immunity. Because, you know, natural immunity, that's true. You are, you do have some natural immunity. But you know what natural immunity has never done? It's never wiped out a, a disease. I, at least, if I'm wrong email me and tell me I'm wrong. But natural immunity didn't get rid of smallpox. You know what got rid of smallpox? You guessed it, vaccines. Natural immunity isn't about to uh, end polio in the world, uh, but you know what is? You guessed it, vaccines. Vaccines get rid of these diseases. Natural immunity doesn't. It's, it's, it, you know, it's, it just doesn't. Smallpox had been around for centuries. It was a real fear that people had that they could get smallpox and they would, you know, die or be, ter you know, incredibly disabled by it. That their children would get it. They would die. People were getting it for centuries You would before the vaccine started to be figured out. Natural immunity didn't work then. Why do we think it's going to work now? That's it. I don't... It's this, this baffling... It's this baffling attitude toward vaccines that's just i don't get it and yes kitty i know i'm gonna wrap up the show just go ahead go up go upstairs yes you can go upstairs <laughs> that cat you know what she does she'll she'll you know amy's upstairs sleeping right and she'll go up and lay in the bed with amy right but before she does that what she'll do is she'll sit at the bottom of the stairs and she'll look over at me and she'll just go meow 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 uh, yeah, okay, go upstairs, okay? <laughs> it's like she wants me to know she's going upstairs. I'm going to go upstairs now. I'm going up there, you know. I, I just want you to know that I'm going upstairs. Yeah, I know. I know you're going upstairs. Just go upstairs. And sometimes I have to toss a pillow over at her. I don't hit her with the pillow. I just got to throw it near her just to encourage her to move along. Or I get up and start walking to her, and then she runs up the stairs. But I said, what are you doing? Why do you do... I don't, I don't understand cats. <laughs> Again, I hope that Dennis Prager doesn't die. But if he does, will some lessons be learned? Will somebody get it? Will they figure it out? Oh, you know what? You know, maybe this natural immunity thing isn't, the th isn't a thing. 
But even if you, you know if you've had it, you should still get vaccinated. How think of how about more? How much more protected you're going to be? Uh, I'm really hoping I can get the booster. I think I can, uh, but I got to wait another couple weeks before it's been six months. So I'm going to find out, and I'll get that booster if I can get it. I'm getting it. Damn it. Anyway, um, I, like I said, I hope Dennis Prager doesn't die. Uh, but if he does, I'm not going to be terribly surprised. Because this COVID is nasty business, folks. Uh, he's probably got enough money to get the best health care he can get. But, you know, what are you going to do? Right? What are you going to do? Good night, our doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. That's right. I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to end the show. Uh, be skeptical. and extraordinary, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Uh, wash your hands. Keep your distance. Wear a mask when you're required to. Get the vaccine as soon as you can. If you, I mean, everybody should be able to get it. Get that vaccine. Get the booster if you can get the booster. And if you have gotten the vaccine, thank you so much. And as always, uh, this is Dimland Radio. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jennifer Simmons, on Z-Talk Radio, uh, uh, the Z-Talk Radio Network. Reminding you to sleep with the lights off. can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Wow. Well, well, I'm going to hell. hell. If that means what I think it means, we're in trouble.